0: A fascinating Gesundheit with Jacobus coming up. I will interview Dr. Jerry Schlesser, a physician-scientist who has spent most of his career on research, innovation, and development. Amongst the topics, an incredible brain supplement called Potential, the only product patented for learning, academic performance, and behavior. I know you will enjoy Dr. Schlesser's enthusiasm and knowledge.
1: It's Gesundheit with Jacobus.
0: to Gesundheit with Jacobus, Health Talk Radio, integrating allopathic and all-natural medicine one show at a time. Here is your host, Jacobus Holloway. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to the program. It is very, very nice to be with you. What a wonderful day. It's graduation day at Montana State University. But you who are listening to my voice means you have decided to tune in to the program and get some nice education this morning and goodness gracious education we have for you. Uh, Dr. Jerry Schlesser is with us and uh, Professor Dretz, uh, an old friend of the program is with us as well because he knows of the work of Dr. Schlesser and he himself has been working with children for a long time in his life being part of it being a teacher at a professor at montana state university in the chemistry and biochemistry department but uh, before we get to all that just i want to welcome you all to the program this is gesundheit with jacobus i am your host jacobus Hollowayne. now want to let you know that as we talk about health healing and healthy lifestyles and that's the idea of this program we talk about health because gesundheit is a german word that means health or good health we are discussing issues with the experts, give them a chance to talk about their field of study, books they have written, the work they're currently doing, and just to pick their brain, let them explain things for the benefit of all of us listening. And we do know there is a wide variety of people listening to the program, uh, ranging from novices to experts. And uh, to me, I am just very grateful that over the seven, almost 17 years that I've been able to gather so such a great variety of people who all feel that they are included because we're not trying to talk over your head, but at the same time we don't we don't try to dumb you down either. So always keeping in mind that the program is here to educate. We're not here to diagnose, treat or cure. So information you hear today, take it for what it is. If you want to know more, please Contact the experts on the show after the program. We give our telephone numbers and websites, and we will also uh, we also recommend that you otherwise see a physician of your choice, or that you get more information either from the internet or reading books and periodicals from reputable sources. And so that is what we discuss right here every Saturday morning from eight to eleven on AM fourteen fifty KMS where Montana talks. So it is great to be with you. Let me tell you a little bit uh, about the guests at hand. Uh, first of all, Dr. Dretts, uh Dr. Ed Dratz. it's great to have you back on the program.
1: Oh, Jacobus, terrific. There great. You so uh, this is really a show about Jerry Slesher. I'm here to, you know, back it up and maybe ask a few questions. You're my co-host. Slap me over the
0: head if I say something <laughs> stupid. I can't reach you, but i
2: yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm sitting where Chuck usually <laughs> yeah, said, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you said where I said it. All right. So uh, Ed is a professor in chemistry and biochemistry at Montana State University. He has done it for a long time. And as we were just having breakfast before the program, he was telling me uh, some of his, uh, how his career has, uh, has taken interesting turns, not really turns, but how the thought pattern came about making changes in his career. And I'm grateful. And I think he too, that he decided to do what he's doing right now. But that's how I come you... from
1: basic sciences and moving more and more to nutrition and health all the time, and that's mainly where I am right now, yeah.
0: And what about the... How long have you taught?
1: Gee, 49 years in the university. Wow. Yeah. Time time flies. That's amazing. I think that's right. I think that's right. And yeah. what
0: university did you start at?
1: Uh, university of California, Santa Cruz. Okay. That was a young campus back then. Yeah. Very exciting time. Uh, and then came here to... Um, uh, Montana State, about in I think about thirty six years ago. Yeah.
0: Now, what did you do in uh, Europe? You also taught something in Europe. Didn't uh, you? I what? was
1: um, actually on sabbatical. Oh, okay, in Holland for two years. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. And uh, yeah, we can get into that later. But, yeah, yeah, it's interesting. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, I appreciate you're here today, Dr. Schlasser. Uh, Jerry Schlesser, is a naturopathic physician. He has dedicated his professional career to medical entrepreneurship focusing on research, design, and implementation of innovations in healthcare. And a physician, he's a physician scientist. He invented a product called Intervir A, an antiviral drug evaluated in a multi-year trial at Oregon Health Sciences University. Uh, that was published and very, very successful. It was one of the uh, Oregon's first FDA-registered prescription pharmaceutical manufacturing facility. Intervir A was successfully licensed to a multinational pharmaceutical company. As an innovator, pharmaceutical executive, and scientist, Dr. Schleser was recruited by Medical Economics, the publisher of the Physician's Desk Reference, to be the editor-in-chief of the international drug reference called Drugs Available Abroad. Dr. Schlesser founded several leading clinical nutraceutical companies. His first physician centered nutraceutical company, purchased by Schwabi North America, still markets the clinical products he developed under the integrative therapeutic label. Dr. Schlesser invented many novel clinical products, including comprehensive targeted nutraceuticals for cancer treatment centers of America, advanced nutraceuticals for Olympic teams world-record double decathletes and professional ball players, and a specialized multivitamin called Potential for low-achieving children in failing schools. Now, to find more about all this information, there are a couple websites, and the the most important one I would say in this case is novanutrients.com. novanutrients.com. It's located in Lake Oswego, in Oregon, where uh, the the factory is, where Dr. Schleser is, and I am telling you, uh, Dr. Schleser, it is absolutely a joy to have you on the program. I, you and I have talked before a little bit, and it's just I can just kick back and relax because you have so much to say. Good morning to you, and welcome to the program.
3: Good morning, Jacobus uh, and Ed. Hi, nice to talk to you again. Uh, yes, Gary. Great. I uh, understand that you're uh, uh, deep into the uh, study uh, up there in Montana, and I hope things are continuing Boy, as expected. The,
1: yeah, the reports are are really positive. We don't have uh, all the data in yet to you know analyze statistically, but uh, everything is really looking terrific. So we can talk that's, a little that, bit more about that. Great. Later.
0: Well, tell us, uh, since since uh, Doctor Schlesso mentions that, what exactly uh, is he talking about? What What are you doing?
1: <laughs> yeah. Okay, well, um, I don't want to take up too much time in this thing. I was hoping that Dr. Schlitzer would introduce a bit more, but if you ask me... I'll, well, just I'll to, say, to
0: give uh, a brief...
1: I think it's important, Ed. Yeah, okay. So, um, just a little bit of history. When I started out in research, you know, in my own as a young professor, what I wanted to do was understand the brain and how the brain worked and, and what the brain needed to uh, work optimally. But I seen soon became aware in 1966 that it was really too complicated. And so I started studying the retina because the retina is kind of an outpost to the brain yeah. and has a lot of the same kind of circuits and so forth. Yeah. So, um, I studied the retina and its development and performance for the biochemistry for about, you know, 40 years. And, uh, then in more recent years, I've moved closer and closer to, important problems in in health nutrition and health and so um dr schlesser comes from the naturopathic side and has been working on health all his life i've been more moving slowly in that direction and uh so it came clear in in the studies of the retina and the brain that this particular omega-3 fatty acid dha was super important and uh, many other nutrients as well but uh the DHA, particularly since it tends to be low in our diets, and and it's so needed for development
0: of the brain, and function of the brain,
1: and uh, so.
0: And this, I, I want to clarify: DHA is a fat. It's an omega-3 fat.
1: Yes, it's a very long-chain omega-3 fat, and it's. Um, if you look at the brain a bit, it's got billions of connections in there. They're called synapses, and across the synapses are sent messages and for the brain to function properly and their membranes in the beginning and the end of the sy- synapse and those are 50% DHA wow and if you don't your body doesn't have enough then the sticks in something else that doesn't work as well huh. and so there's lots and lots of studies of this yes so in in recent years it's turned out that I've done some studies of that with High school kids, and found these high performance high school kids, uh, who were already doing well, yeah. uh, improved tremendously in their performance when they when they took this supplement. But then, uh, not soon after we got those results, there was this pretty big study in Oxford, England, where they um, they supplemented a whole 400 kids in elementary school. And the low-performing kids improved the most. Everybody improved, but the yeah. low-performing kids improved the most. Right. But I've been following this whole field, and then I became aware of the work that Dr. Schlesser did with this school in Leavenworth, Kansas, where they used this um, multivitamin, multimineral, a phytochemical supplement he developed, and they had terrific responses there with this yes. very low-performing school. And he can, he and you can tell me yeah, about we'll that. Yeah, we'll talk about that. So we decided... Since the low-performing schools improved so much, we located a very low-performing school in Montana, and I'm not going to say any details about it yet, but we decide, well, let's try to supplement as much as we can. Let's use the DHA and uh, Dr. Dr. Schleser's Schleser's formula. Potential, potential formula. Yeah, And we're not through with that study yet, but the initial results are spectacular. I mean, we're, we've got a lot more work to do to analyze, collect and analyze data, but it's going along very well. And uh, I mean, it's just, stunning how well it's going. And so uh, we may be doing, well, I don't want to predict because we have, have to get the hard data, but Dr. Schlesser's formula, you know, we wanted to use a multivitamin, multimineral and chewable and looked around and well, potential is the obvious one because they've had such good luck with it in this other study.
0: Well, not just that, but as the program progresses, you, since you have said yourself, you like to move more to natural, clean products. Yep. You found indeed that the potential not only is it patented, which is an interesting thing it is a nat- nutritional supplement, but the ingredients are so pure there is nothing like it on the market
1: yeah, so so it looks like the best thing for us in our study, and you know should be good for you know kids that aren't in a study,
0: yeah, <laughs> and so Dr. Schlesser can tell us more about it. Yeah, you bet Dr. Schlesser, so you just reading your CV, everything that you have done, it is simply incredible that. You must be a uh, thing 125 right now, and uh, you have done all that in 125 years or so. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, well, can, thank
0: you very I, much for that. Well, I, how can know. anybody do what you have done in 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 such a short period of time? Is incredible. Well,
3: let me let me say this, and I'm, I'm not the only one who who would say this. I'm standing on the shoulders of other people, of other giants, uh, and I would be uh, incapable of doing what I'm doing if, if it were not for people like Dr. Dratz and others in the academic community who have uh, worked uh, assiduously uh, to, you know, and very meticulously to do the, the research that they've done uh, that is published uh, in... Uh, Journals around the world every day. Uh, You you go to PubMed, for example, the National Library of Medicine. There are uh, thousands and thousands of uh, articles that come out almost on a daily basis. It's almost impossible
1: to keep up with it all. Right. It is impossible to keep up with it all. It is. I mean, there's 5,000 new publications every day. Yeah. Unreal.
0: Unreal.
3: Yeah. And that's just PubMed. And PubMed uh, encompasses a lot of peer-reviewed publications, but not all of them literature and it keeps on going.
0: And
1: it's difficult because um, there's so many even conflicting uh, studies. You really have to get into it very deeply. That's to, right. To understand yeah. what might be going
0: on. Well, you have also hosted a radio show for seven years in Portland and uh, were awarded for your way of explaining things on a level where people could really understand it, which I think is wonderful. I don't have your scientific background, but that has been the idea behind this program to let people know how exciting it is to see what's all out there and how things are changing. And when I had an uh, an issue many, many years ago now that a guest uh, wouldn't uh, couldn't show up at the last moment, I was panicking because I was always getting ready for a show, studying the guest and the work that they were doing, et cetera, so I could have a conversation with them. And my wife says, well, you talk to people all day long. Why You shouldn't have a problem filling three hours. <laughs> and so that's when I started doing certain weekends where I would do open line and bring up uh, topics that were in the news and then let people change the topic if they want. And now sometimes I say I could probably do a show every day because like Dr. Dredd's is saying here, so much is coming out all the time. And what you're saying also, there's a lot of information that people could know and should know. If they're interested in it, and it's just an ever-changing, ever-evolving field that, uh, luckily, because of the brains of people like yourself, is uh, continuously uh, improving, and, and and it's just wonderful. So I'm I'm very I'm very glad that we do this, and that you know we only have three hours, and that's the problem.
1: <laughs> uh, let me also um, put a caution out there. You know what people do when they want to find out about something these days they google it or do use some other s- search engine and if you're if you're looking at nutrition and health what tends to come up are studies which uh, are are websites which tend to debunk nutrition and health one of the worst offenders is a site called webmd and <clears throat> you'll put in something i don't know what it will be and you're come back in webmd that sounds kind of good right? right well it turns out <laughs> that WebMD is funded entirely by the pharmaceutical industry, and they have a goal uh, to debunk any nutritional value in something. So they'll, what they'll simply say in WebMD is, well, there's studies that have a positive effect. There's studies with no effect. And if we average them all together, you know, it's really nothing there.
0: Yes. That's typically
1: what you'll find. So you have to go a little deeper and be a little more critical uh, and, and look out for WebMD. There's actually been There's been lawsuits against WebMD because of the way they operate, Mm. but it's what people often get when they just Google it or whatever they're doing. Yes. And it's no, you know, that's just the way the system works. And so you have to think about it, uh, look at a bunch of different sites and it's hard work, but then talk to people, you know, talk to people uh, who are involved, whether it be practitioners or, or people that just know a lot, uh, your friends or whatever it is and try to get a picture.
0: Right. Good point.
3: Uh, I'd like to just inject a little bit of of contemporaneous news. Uh, I believe this is the weekend of the Kentucky Derby. (laughs) You are correct. Yeah. Uh, And, of course, uh, a tremendous amount of money is spent uh, on these uh, uh, lovely animals. I mean, they're they're remarkable in what they're capable of doing. Uh, And, uh, Ed, you may uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but a good deal of the earlier work, I'm talking decades and decades ago, uh, in human nutrition, really uh, evolved from what was uh, being done with animals sure. to optimize their function. Sure, and uh, in case people are uh, not aware, there's a huge amount of nutrition being applied to thoroughbred horses and and to improve uh, uh, these uh, and to, just the life of animals in general. Sure, um, not just antibiotics, right? Right. Yep, uh, yep. And and uh, in, in, in just uh, in counterbalance to what you just mentioned Ed, about WebMD and the drug industry, uh, I would like to just raise people's awareness of the fact that there are a number of drug-induced nutritional deficiencies. And if somebody wants to go onto Google and just Google that term "drug-induced nutritional deficiencies," that might be a, a kind of a revelation for them. Mm-hmm. So it's important to to uh, uh, bear that in mind. The things it's a seesaw.
0: Wow. So what you're saying is certain drugs prohibit the body from absorbing uh, essential nutrients.
3: Well, they may not. It may not be an issue of absorption. There are a number of other factors, but but the the bottom line is that that uh, if you're taking a particular medication, it's important to know whether or not that medication could be increasing your requirement for certain nutrients. Great and point. And a good example uh, uh, is uh, and, and a very popular drug, a class of drugs, is. Uh, uh, cholesterol-lowering uh, drugs oh called boy. statins. Yeah. Oh, boy. Yeah. And uh, the first statin drug, first-ever statin drug developer was a drug uh, uh, called Lovastatin, uh, uh, produced by a, a very uh, well-known company called Merck. Uh-huh. And, uh, you know, when these companies develop these drugs, they file a lot of patents because they need to protect their intellectual property. Right. And one of the patents that was filed by Merck long before the drug was launched was a patent involving a coenzyme Q10, and Ed, I'm sure you're aware of this, sure. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, however, it was never publicized, and uh, and for many many years, uh, it uh, it was a kind of a, a secret, if you will. Uh, only a few people realized that statins actually increased your requirement for coenzyme Q10. Uh, Jacobus, you know how, how all about CoQ10 and yes. and, uh, and ubiquinol and so forth, and how yeah. wonderful it is and what it can do for people so there's a, just one example I don't want to waste a lot of time but uh,
1: I see but that's, that's a, a that's a particularly stunning example yes. because Merck holds a patent on giving you lowest and coq10 but Correct. they don't they don't promote it um, They do there's make it yeah there's an urban legend that uh, the cardiologists take CoQ10 themselves but don't give it to their, their their patients but I don't know if that's true or not you know ah. but the body makes their own coq 10 but it's on the same pathway as cholesterol synthesis. I see. So you, your That's cardiologist right, yes. is very happy you shut down your cholesterol level by 50%. You're also roughly shutting down your CoQ10 level by 50%. Mm. And the most common side effect of of these statins is fatigue. And in extreme cases, it can be amnesia and, uh, you know, poor brain function. So you can overcome that with a CoQ10 antidote, but people have to know about that. And it's a, it's a terrific point because... What these statins are the most uh, prescribed drug in the world, huh? yeah. And uh, so it's, it's oh, here comes the music
0: already. Is the music that went so fast? I know I that know. seemed like ten minutes. That's it. No, it was only ten minutes. I started the music early. Uh, <laughs> no, 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 no. It comes on automatically. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. After a little introduction in the first uh, half hour, I would like to ask you to tell us more about uh, this product called Potential and just doing read the reading and watching the video about the children gave me a much much better uh, appreciation actually I should say for what you have created and I would like you to maybe give us a brief give us a history you can make it as brief as long as you want about this product and then I would like to go why it is so special and and I think Ed is interested too and He's totally amazed that you were able to patent this. Well, yeah, that's a little side point. But But is it really interesting? (laughs) Yeah.
3: Yeah. Um, Okay, well, uh, let me try to simplify this. I was contacted uh, by a group of academics, actually, uh, who uh, were consulting with a school district in Leavenworth, Kansas at the time. Uh, The school district, uh, Leavenworth is an unusual uh, town in America, uh, it is the location of, of the General Staff College where all the uh, uh, top brass of the armed forces rotate through. So it's very politically connected. There's a lot of money in Leavenworth, a lot of wealth and power. Uh, but at the same time, there are more prisons huh. in Leavenworth uh, uh, than in any metropolitan area uh, in the country. I mean, it's, it's prison central. Yeah. Uh, as a result, you have kind of a, 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 a bifurcated uh, population population uh, of well-to-do, and then very poor, uh, 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 below the poverty line, disadvantaged, uh, disenfranchised, what have you. Many of these families have members who are incarcerated, and they're living nearby for that reason. Uh, but it's a public school system, like everywhere else in America, and uh, they're required to provide uh, uh, that type of uh, education to all the kids. Uh, within the system, some schools do better than others, as uh, as one would expect, everywhere, uh, including big cities like New York and elsewhere. Right. Uh, but uh, there were several schools uh, in Leavenworth that were very troubling. Uh, and uh, just to give you some background, every year standardized tests are administered around the country, uh, and these are used as one measure of evaluating uh, how uh, effective the... Uh, the school is in uh, educating the kids. Yeah. Uh, there's something called adequate yearly progress. There's a lot of different uh, terminology, if you will, that's used um, in uh, uh, the world of education to determine uh, uh, what's working and what's not. Adequate yearly progress would be that meeting a certain benchmark within the test scores, for example. Okay. Uh, and if you don't make that and you're below the bar, then uh, basically you're in the basement and, and, uh, and you're failing. It's I called see. a failing school. Sure. So these these schools were failing, um, and not only were they failing academically in terms of the test scores, but they had incredibly uh, 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 terrible uh, behavioral issues in the school. We're talking about elementary schools, uh, not middle school, where the police were called to the schools on average once a week, Mm -hmm. a tremendous amount of... uh, um, Well, violence in the school, antisocial behavior, uh, kids fighting and threatening, bringing weapons to school, uh, you could just not imagine. And
0: this is an elementary elementary school.
3: That's correct. These are elementary schools. uh, 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 The parents uh, of these children wouldn't even answer the phone uh, if they were called. And, and of course, the kids that were, uh, 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 you know, behavioral problems were sent... Out out of the classroom into the principal's office, uh, uh, routinely, and and uh, you know, so they really uh, they never really got an education at all.
1: If I could interject there, the the I the principal was spending ninety seven ninety eight percent of her time on discipline at that time. Yes, unreal. That's
3: correct. Yeah, yeah, a very 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 terrible. Uh, uh, you know, I mean, I can't I can't even begin to describe. At any rate, they tried a lot of different uh, interventions over the years, hired lots of different consultants, and they were really on the ragged edge of closing down these two schools. And to use uh, an analogy of epidemiology, if you will, uh, these kids were going to be bused all over the city and uh, basically spreading uh, their behavioral problems and and academic uh, problems uh, elsewhere. Yeah. The 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 way that public schools are set up, uh, you have to teach to the at least the lowest common denominator. That's true. You know, so it it was going to create problems uh, in these other schools. Mm -hmm. Well, to make a long story short, uh, last ditch effort, hail Mary. They uh, they contacted me and said, "Is there anything that you would uh, you know suggest?" And um, I came up with this uh, uh, chewable vitamin, it had to be a chewable vitamin because uh, of the swallowing, uh, uh, choking hazards in young kids and so forth, and it, uh, I, I decided that uh, uh, we really have to take a holistic view of what's going on here. It's not simply a matter of giving kids a one-a-day vitamin, for example, which wouldn't be a bad idea, or even eating a bowl of total cereal because it, it has 100% of the daily value of the vitamins that are considered uh, uh, essential. Right. Uh, you look on the side of a vitamin bottle, and, and you'll see these numbers uh, on the supplement facts that, that tell you whether you're getting 100% or 1,000% or whatever of uh, the important vitamins in human nutrition. And these are uh, numbers that are set by the Institute of Medicine. They're, they're guidelines that, that are established uh, uh, periodically for, for every every vitamin that you see listed on the vitamin label. I'm sure, uh, Jacobus, you can talk about that sure. um, extensively. Yeah. Uh, and that—that uh, that, that uh, is a presumption that uh, it, if you have that little bit, and it's really a little bit, it's got one or two milligrams of this, a milligram of that, a half a milligram of something else, really small amounts, that that should be sufficient. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was constrained uh, uh, in this uh, particular project uh, uh, by those limitations. I was unable to go beyond uh, what was considered to be the daily value, because that would be uh, excessive, uh, mega-dosing, what have you. Uh, uh, And so uh, going back to the drawing board and thinking about the problems with these children, um, obviously they had behavioral problems, they had attention problems, they had uh, problems uh, processing information, uh, and uh, they, in many cases, uh, believe it or not, uh, were uh, uh, coming to school hungry. So their nutrition was uh, suboptimal, to say the least. And, of course, uh, uh, because of the uh, level of education and the resources available to people in poor neighborhoods, sometimes the grocery stores in those neighborhoods uh, uh, don't have a lot of uh, fresh food. Uh, You know, uh, there's a whole story about whether you want to shop on the outside of the store or the inside of the store, right? That's true. Uh Uh, uh, And so uh, these kids were getting uh, a lot of processed foods, uh, uh, if at all, right? Right. Uh, and then the, the the biggest meal of the day would have been whatever was served at the school, right. and in many cases in the weekends, uh, uh, teachers were telling me they were packing uh, some extra food to the kids because they wouldn't be able to get anything to eat over the weekends. Yes, right. It was just it was just shameful. It really it's tragic. Yes. So their brains, uh, which are you know, voracious uh, consum- consumers of, of nutrients. The brain uh, uh, needs a lot of support when it, when the body is growing. Uh, the brain was not getting much of anything, and um, even, Ed, if, if you may remember back in, in the early days of of uh, nutrition with Dr. Feingold uh, yeah. and some of the work that that uh, emerged. And of course, there was a lot of pushback from the, the medical community about that. But the the American Academy of Pediatrics has long since uh, acknowledged that uh, the uh, uh the impact of artificial colors and and uh flavors and and basically non nutritive substances that are in a lot of foods can have uh uh adverse effects on the brain and on behavior uh, and uh no doubt uh, the foods that these kids were eating were laced with a lot of that stuff and of course right. empty calories and what have you so my job was to try to offset that in something in a tiny little wafer uh and uh to make a long story short uh I I began, first of all, with the assumption that these kids are probably uh, suffering with a body burden uh, of heavy metals, uh, much like uh, we've heard in recent news about Flint, Michigan, and about... uh, uh, other parts of the world, uh, people who don't have a lot of money and don't live in brand new homes. Right. Uh, they, they live in houses that were built a long time ago. Yeah. Uh, the idea that lead is bad for you is a relatively new concept uh, if you look back several generations. But the fact is that, that the, uh, according to the World Health Organization, uh, the absorption of lead in children uh, is is about five times greater than it is in adults. So the little bit of lead that might be in water or food or air or you know anything uh, in those areas, and uh, and the, you know a lot of these uh, uh, neighborhoods are, are semi industrialized and, and they've been around for a long time. Yeah, uh, uh, the, the kids are absorbing lead much much faster, and the half life of lead for anyone is listening uh, the, it, within your skeletal system. Uh, is anywhere between 17 to 27 years. Uh, this is well well known. Wow. So you have this pool uh, uh, of heavy metals, lead as a, a kind of a surrogate for all the other heavy metals that might be uh, uh, coming into the body, and not only just postnatally, but prenatally as well. Mm. Uh, you know, the mothers are, are uh, never mind whether they're doing drugs or alcohol, but, but some of the uh, uh, inadvertent exposures that might have occurred are having an impact on these kids as well. So how do you deal with all of that? Because lead and other heavy metals are basically interfering with a multitude of uh, mechanisms in the body, not just in the brain but elsewhere. But particularly here, we're talking about the brain and, and impulsive behavior uh, and uh, 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 inattentive behavior and so forth. Okay, And, and the inability to process information, which... Um, again, goes back to what Dr. Dratz was, was mentioning about synapses and, and synaptic plasticity and, and so forth, which we can maybe have a chance to talk about later on. Sure. So anyway, to, to, to try to make this uh, not too complicated, one of the issues here was the interference of uh, the environmental factors and, and dietary deficiencies and so forth, which may have, and um, we don't know for sure at this point when I was developing the product, but it may have had an impact on, on uh, the problems at hand. Right. The other issue, uh, which is a, a, maybe a little more subtle, is the fact that we are all genetically different. We look different. We have different uh, fingerprints. Uh, uh, you know, uh, forensically speaking, uh, a lot of uh, genetic testing can be done now to determine whether you were at the at the scene of a crime or what have you. So the genome, or whatever you want to call it, uh, for the, for each individual uh, varies a little bit, and within that there the variability is uh, sometimes uh, uh described as uh, uh, polymorphism okay and it's a big word uh and I'm I'm not going to get too detailed into it but uh, uh, there are a lot of uh uh, uh variabilities that affect uh, our ability to properly process nutrients uh, an example would be folic acid folic acid of course is an important nutrient for uh, women who are uh, of childbearing potential women who uh, are are planning to get pregnant or who are pregnant, they need to take adequate amounts of folic acid, particularly because uh, it's crucial for the development of their central nervous system. Yeah. Uh, and uh, there are a lot of, of defects that, that can take place, some of them more severe, some of them more subtle, depending upon uh, uh, how bad uh, the uh, folic acid uh, imbalance is. And there, uh, there are single nucleotide polymorphisms. These are tiny little differences in in the gene code for some people more than you would imagine, and they vary in degrees, uh, that uh, uh, affect a person's ability to properly process even the basic folic acid That's right. that you would find in a multivitamin. And uh, Jacobus, you know about this, right? Yes, I
0: do. Uh, it's called yeah. the MTHF or something? F-H-S1? Yes, right.
3: Yeah. 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 Methylene tetrahydrofolate reductase. Okay. Yeah, For what it's worth. Okay, MTHFR. But, um, uh, so with that, as an al- as an example, folic acid, uh, the, and that's uh, heavily uh, uh, promoted within the medical and scientific community. So a lot of doctors know about this and they test for it. But there are others, uh, and what we uh, what we have at our disposal it, within the the realm of, of nutritional science are vitamins of different degrees of uh, let's say efficiency. Mm-hmm. For example, with vitamin B six. Uh, pyridoxine hydrochloride is a very standard uh, form of B6, but there is also something called pyridoxal 5-phosphate, which some people have referred to as an activated form, but it is a, it's a form that, that the body uh, uh, is able to use more efficiently. Okay. The same thing with vitamin B2. There are forms like that, and, and on down the list. Yes. All right. So with the assumption that there may be even some problems with some of these kids, not even if they got a bowl of total or if they got a... a, a one a day vitamin or something which gave them a hundred percent of the daily value they may not actually be able to process that right so Good point. we yeah we figured it would be really important to, uh, to add uh, vitamins in the product but vitamins that would be able to bypass some of these blockages in in their system yeah you will okay because yeah. you uh, these are metabolic uh, blockages not intestinal blockages right yeah. So you're dealing with environmental factors, uh, you're dealing with, with genetic factors, um, and then you're uh, also dealing with the fact that uh, these factors will affect the overall function of the body, including the brain. Uh, and an important piece of information uh, that uh, I'm sure you talk about all the time, Jacobus, is uh, what's called oxidative stress. Sure. Uh, we, we, ha- we breathe in oxygen. We need to have that. Uh, so it's not that it's bad for us, but uh, there is another aspect of, of life, which is called oxidation. And without that, we wouldn't be alive because we need that for our immune system and so many other things. But uh, sometimes it gets out of control. Yes. yes. Uh, and uh, one of the uh, ways that it's kept in control is through uh, a group of genes that are called antioxidant genes. Uh, and uh, I I really wanted to try as much as possible to to make sure that those genes were were functioning properly. And uh, we, we talk about genes as something we inherit, but there's also the influence of of life and in the environment, uh, which uh, which is the realm of epigenetics and how how uh, uh, the, the uh, our lifestyle and where where we live and who we uh, hang out with can affect the expression of our genes. And That's so, a great point. Yes. Yeah. And so I, I wanted to, to take that into consideration, too. Anyway, to make a long story short, we developed this wafer that uh, uh, had to meet the guidelines of 100%, no more than that. Uh, we uh, also took into consideration the fact that these kids were very likely not getting adequate uh, trace elements nutrition, which is not just the, the calcium and magnesium and the macronutrients, but also uh, a tiny, tiny... Bits of, of uh, trace elements that, uh, uh, even though we take them in a small amounts, they're really, really important yes. for a whole bunch of different uh, metabolic pathways, uh, and so on and so forth. And so this wafer was developed, uh, and uh, after this gauntlet of, of uh, oversight and informed consent and, and uh, uh, the, the scrutiny that that uh, was uh, uh, imposed on on this, we were assigned one school and the other school. Uh, which was matched demographically and, and uh, with respect to behavior and, and academics, that was basically paired. They were they were identical. Yes. And that one school was left as a control school. Uh-huh. Both of them had failed and and uh, pretty much matched each other uh, year after year after year. And in the first uh, academic year, the school that took the vitamin got the highest score in the entire city. It beat Incredible. every other Incredible. school in math yes and it came in second in verbal wow. it's important to note that that mathematics is very logical and uh we talk about a right brain and a left brain uh uh when you make decisions when you think about uh, what you're going to do uh, uh you you use that part of your brain and so uh, uh behavior uh in terms of saying well a look before you jump or or uh, be careful uh, uh, before you do that. Yeah. Uh, there's there's a lot of, of of left brain functioning involved in that, uh, and uh, you know, I think that it it is uh, not a, just a coincidence that the kids excelled in mathematics. At any rate, it, in addition to the uh, academic improvement, there was dramatic behavioral improvement. The classrooms became more calm and quiet. Uh, the uh, the kids were able to. Uh, learn and, and absorb information. Actually, uh, uh, you know, you can. L- you've heard the expression: uh, 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 if somebody hears you, but they're not listening. Right. Right. Uh, these kids w- were beginning to listen. Compre- not only were comprehensive, they l- comprehensive yes, reading, comprehensive
0: uh, yes, listening. That's right.
3: Right, right. And, and so they were beginning to to uh, uh, absorb information and store it, and, and uh, also be able to retrieve it. And this gets into this issue of synaptic plasticity and dendritic density and so forth, which is critical in the developing brain.
1: So I could just interject one thing that I found tremendously striking about this study is that before this supplementation period, the school had trouble keeping teachers. The teachers would stay a year and then said, let me out of here. But after this, this year of treatment, the teachers all wanted to stay, as I understand it. Correct. So what an incredible change that was.
3: Well, actually, uh, uh, that's true. And in fact, uh, the schools that were going to be shut down uh, uh, within a very short time became, if you believe this, magnet schools. And there were waiting lists for people to go to these schools. Yeah. These schools that nobody wanted to even drive by. And, of course, the Parent Teacher Association was revived and and became a a very, very active, high uh, uh, participation rate with the parents, up close to 90%. It was really a big turnaround.
0: Yeah, that's that's another incredible thing that the parents totally were on board. They probably like because they saw, like Ed said, they saw better behavior of the children at home and uh, more involvement in uh, in dinners, etc. So we are going to take a break for the news and some commercials, and then we'll be back for hour number two. So please stay around. We will be right back. We have a caller on hold who would like to ask a question, make a comment, a statement. Good morning, caller. Thanks for holding on. What is your name, please? How can we help you?
4: This is Snoopy.
0: Hey, Snoopy. Snoopy.
4: Yeah, now there's a national health program on before this one. I got to thinking, of, why aren't they talking about at all about the mind-body connection? I do give you credit. You touched upon epigenetics, but there's so much more. Our environment, our relationships, our past experiences are supposed to influence our health. Now, even if it's the fact that a doctor is taking a personal interest in them or their parents are waking up to uh, their needs, what specific things have you observed about the mind-body
0: connection, which is sometimes called a psychosomatic connection, on the health, the tools that you're giving them, like the vitamins and minerals, what do you see that uh, is happening in their environment that's making them more enthusiastic
3: Good point, Jerry. Okay, well, maybe I could add a little bit of another dimension to this. Uh, when we talk about the mind-body connection, uh, it, uh, there's a lot of different aspects to that, but one that, that we we become more familiar with of late is the relationship between other forms of life that live in and around us and what we call our body. Mm-hmm. Yeah, So wh- so when we're born, for example, our intestinal tract is virtually sterile. There's nothing there. Within a short time, uh, babies are uh, being fed, nursed, and so forth, and you begin to get some bacteria, uh, and with nursing in particular, some beneficial organisms, bifidobacteria, and so forth. But as they uh, uh, move out of the crib and, and start crawling around and put things in their mouth and so forth, uh, Uh, and depending upon where they're living uh, and their socioeconomic status and so forth, uh, they are beginning to acquire a very diverse uh, uh, population of uh, life forms, if you will, bacteria and yeast and and, uh, other uh, more complicated uh, forms, parasites and what have you, that are inhabiting the GI tract. And so we end up with uh, uh, a number of cells inside the intestinal tract, which was originally essentially empty, that is many, many times greater than the total number of cells in our own body. Uh And there's a tremendous amount of of, uh, research going on right now to better understand not only the the communication link between the intestinal tract and the brain, as an example, the mind-body link, if you want to use that loosely, but also other uh, 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 organisms that might not be living uh, in, inside our gut, but perhaps on our skin or in our ears or, or uh, in, our, in our mouth or what have you, and how they relate to human health. Right. All right? Uh, and to, to um, kind of bring that back down to focus here, a uh, number of ingredients in, in this product have an effect on the gastrointestinal microbiome. I'm not going to try to extrapolate that to say that, that, that this is why the product's working, but if you have a deranged microbiome, uh, it, it can definitely uh, add another dimension of, of complication, if you will, mm-hmm. uh, to dealing with uh, one's state of wellness. Mm.
1: Could I just interject here? The latest number I saw is that 30% of the, of the nutrients in your blood that are circulating are actually made by the bacteria in your intestine. Is that right? Yep. Yeah. So wow. So it's, uh, it's a huge effect. I won't say any more now. Jerry should continue, but I just want to interject that little.
3: Yeah. Piece. So we can't just uh, dismiss this, and of course, uh, it, it's no different than what you would do in your garden. If you don't fertilize your garden, then then the plants uh, aren't aren't going to yield as much, or not going to look that great, and so forth. Uh, so what we put in uh, is uh, directly going to impact what uh, what we get out of it. And uh, Jacobus, I'm talking about good nutrition here, and uh, making the right decisions, the kinds of fats that you consume, and and it's a long list of things, which we, we I'm, I'm sure we don't have enough time to talk about, but most people, most listeners are well aware of this, I'm sure.
0: Well, I like the fact that you uh, interestingly turned this the question around because yeah. I know what uh, Snoopy was talking about was really more the meditation and the positive mental attitude and uh, the, the reading that we do, reading more about spirituality, so the mind-body... But it is interesting how you can change it and and adequately so and my uh, accurately so that you say well there is the connection between the brain and the gut so if we feed the gut we are supporting the brain and vice versa.
3: Yeah, there there are a number of of, of chemicals in the nervous system, uh, lots of them, but a, a few of them uh, uh, have been studied more extensively. One of them is called serotonin. Yeah. Oh yes. Uh, which is known to affect our mood, and there is a number of drugs. Uh, uh, popular drugs that are antidepressant drugs that are really based on on helping to to regulate the serotonin uh, activity in the nervous system, but that but the amount of serotonin in the intestinal tract is huge, uh, and uh, you know, so the, the feedback mechanisms are, are are quite apparent there. Yeah. So that's just one example. I'm not I'm, I don't want to make that uh, you know the only thing.
1: But serotonin is is huge and uh, something that isn't widely known is that vitamin D three, Yes. Which many people are low in, uh, boosts the serotonin in the brain. And uh yep. so it just boosts your normal your normal body mechanism, needs that vitamin D three to, mm. to produce enough serotonin, which then is a has a positive effect on your mood. So you can meditate all you want and I think meditating is a good thing, but unless your body is in good shape, you can't really get the full advantage of it. That's yes. what I would say.
3: Wow. Uh, uh, by the way, around the time that we developed this product, the Institute of Medicine ha- was revising its vitamin D guidelines. They were, for many, many years, 400 units right. was considered to be adequate. And they up uh, moved it up to 600, so we were able to put in uh, uh, 600 units of vitamin D3. Uh, I would have liked to put more in there. But oh, lots of more, lots uh, more, yeah. You know, yes. Yeah, but yeah. at least I, I got in uh, literally 50% more than I would sure. have otherwise. Yeah, yeah. yeah. that's you know, true.
0: What what are the well, level What are the standards right now for vitamin D three?
3: Uh, it, it it uh depending upon who you're talking to, some uh, a lot of doctors would uh would say that uh, many people need to take quite a bit more than that. And in fact, you can buy uh, products over the counter at, at even more uh, than in, well, in your store for sure, sure. and and, uh, and elsewhere that are uh, thousands of units. Yeah, of we vitamin sell D.
0: we sell ten thousand and even up to fifty thousand.
3: Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, Yeah, and in in cases where people are having their blood tested and they find that they're low, um, uh, they do need to take a substantial amount of vitamin D3 for quite a a long time before that will come back up to uh, what's considered to be adequate.
0: Yeah, and I tell people the best thing is on your blood test, make sure you get over 60 in order uh, to feel safe. I see Mm -hmm. too many people hovering around 30 who are either dealing with cancer, depression, or some kind of a chronic disease. So I recommend they get over 60 and preferably between 75 and 100 on the blood
3: yeah, test. Yeah, and, and, and most of uh, uh, the doctors uh, and laboratories that are providing these test results uh, uh, have a cutoff uh, well below that. Yeah, 30. In other words, yeah, exactly. So That means it,
0: that if you are 31, you're sufficient, and if you're 99, you're still sufficient as well. That makes yeah. no sense.
1: And you also, I could interject, is that many blood tests that are done for wellness don't do vitamin D. And so, so you may, have to, you really may have to request it if
3: you're. Yeah. If well, you're it, getting, it, the the insurance companies now are not paying for this, they're saying it's too expensive. And uh, well, there's, it's a shame. It is a I
0: shame. It's about a fifty dollar test.
1: Yeah. Well, I don't know how it works here. Uh, we have a you know a wellness thing where they do certain tests for free through the insurance, but you can ask for additional tests, and you have to pay for them. Yes, But, you know, it's not a lot of money. But I think D3 is one of the ones that you that really need should to know. be aware of. I yeah. agree. Yeah. Because it's very, even if you take supplements, it's hard to get it up enough for some people. Other people yeah. that uh, get out in the sun a lot and so forth maybe don't need so much supplements. But you
0: should know what your status is. Didn't you have a colleague at the university who was really, really low and it took you a long time to uh, get his numbers well, up? Well, I,
1: I guess I can tell this story. Uh, this is a, a good friend. Um. He's a bicycle racer and oh. he's worried about, you know, having a crash and breaking his bones and such. Sure. And so he had his, his D tested and it found very low and he had to take incredible amounts for him to get it up. He was up to a hundred thousand a day and he yeah. finally got his level up and then he could Do course, 50. Then he could back off. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> then he could back uh. off, but, but it's, well. you know, it's very individual it seems. And I don't know how that works with different individuals, but I think people should get it tested and they may have to Ask for it and may have to pay a little for it.
3: Yeah. The other thing is that that oftentimes when a person is found low, uh, they're prescribed vitamin D two. Ah, yes. Uh, and uh, that is not as uh, well uh, utilized by the body. You need quite a bit more vitamin D two to get the, to get things back to where they belong. And uh, a lot of the
1: so, the D that's put into foods is D two, isn't it too? I mean, when you look at the,
3: uh, uh, the activated ergosterol is a common. Yeah. yeah, yeah, so. Doctor Schlesser, do yeah,
0: yeah. Uh, folks, five two two eight two five five. This is AM fourteen fifty KMMS where Montana talks. Doctor Jerry Schlesser with us on the phone. Professor Dredd's with us in the studio. Uh, the The study was phenomenal uh, that was done in Kansas at this very uh, amazing school, the Anthony uh, Elementary School. The the, con- the years. Following the first year, uh, what were some of the things that continued to improve and impress you?
3: Well, first of all, let me set set, set the the, the stage for this. Uh, The first year, there were about 200 kids involved in this school. And as we talked about, uh, having one as a control school and the other one uh, was the the group that that got the vitamin. And uh, these schools uh, had paralleled each other in the years uh, past. Uh, And as I mentioned, uh, the uh... end of the first year when the standardized tests were administered the school that took uh... the vitamin uh... got uh, number one in the district in math and number two in english uh... and in fact the benchmark which is set uh... uh across the country these benchmarks are set for schools yeah. uh... and they so you have a benchmark for for this year and the next year and the year after that it's it's a, it's a stepwise increase that that is uh... anticipated they uh, exceeded the benchmark of 10 years into the future. They just took wow. a quantum leap into the future. And, by the way, the control school uh, fell to the absolute basement. Wow. Right, It continued to fail, and they were the, the worst in the district. Wow. They were last place in the district.
2: Hmm.
3: Um, so, uh, you know, we have a transformation in the learning environment. We had a 97% reduction in disciplinary problems, uh, reduction in absenteeism, not just for the students, but also for the teachers, uh, a reinvigoration of the PTA, huge. Uh, the school got an award uh, from uh, the what was called the Confidence in Education Task Force, uh, and they actually got an award from uh, the governor of Kansas, who was at that time Kathleen Sebelius. Oh, yeah, wow. became the Secretary of uh, Health. Health and Human uh, Services. Uh and a, a documentary uh, was uh, aired on PBS about this. Anyway, the second year, the failing school, uh, the, the the control school, opted in, and uh, what do you know, they got the same benefits. Wow! <laughs> the year after that, the school district decided that they wanted to go district wide, and what do you think happened? The year after that, the state Department of Education came to us and said we would like to replicate this in a few other cities. And, and so uh, this, this continued to escalate and by the time uh, we were, uh, uh, I would say, five or six years into this process which uh, ran for about ten years uh, there were uh, on average every day at around 10,000 children on a daily basis being dispensed this product in wow. the public school setting. Now, you know, you, you can't even send sunscreen to uh, to school with your kids in some places, you can't bring anything into the school. Hmm. And here they were being given by the teachers a chewable vitamin in the school. Wow! And and I bring this up because numbers count. Numbers are really important. If you a lot of studies are done on, well, not even humans. They're done on animals. Yes. And you and you move into humans, and sometimes so you get a study of ten people or twenty or or whatever for a week or two or a month or whatever. But the longer you go, and the larger numbers of people that are involved, the more confidence you have mm-hmm. that that uh, something, uh, that if you get the consistent results, you begin to think that uh, if you keep to doing this over and over again, you are going to get the same result. That's not the definition of insanity in this case, because it, it, it <laughs> got true. better.
1: Yeah, I actually hadn't heard all this follow-up. I knew it went district-wide, but I didn't know that uh, they spread it to more schools and it got yeah, to a scale. they did. yeah. yeah.
3: yeah. So uh, 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 when you talk about uh, uh, applying for a patent, uh, yeah. we had a, a massive amount of yeah. data. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, it, uh, Some have estimated that the uh, total number of subjects and and, and years involved basically uh, exceeds the, all the other studies that have ever been done on vitamins uh, in the natural products industry. Stunning, stunning, stunning. Yeah, it is stunning. So
0: did the control school? Uh, Sorry, Ed. Did the control school also make the original changes in the school, as far as uh, having lunches in the classroom, doing lunch break, have more exercise, as you saw in the video? And except they didn't take your product.
3: Yeah, that uh, you know, I have to go back and look at that. I think for uh, it, it for a year or two. Uh, there were fund there was funding available uh for these uh, uh extra activities uh, uh structured recess instead of a free for all uh, and uh, lunches being served in the classroom instead of in the cafeteria where again it was kind of a chaotic environment right um, and uh, so it was more quiet um, but that funding w- was very limited and it fell off uh within the first year or two yeah. uh, and it was a- there was it, it, absolutely no financial uh uh, resource available to ex- extend that beyond those two schools. I see. Yeah. Right into yeah. the district or or uh, beyond.
1: But you're getting good results even with with the supplementation without
3: the other changes. Well, uh, the, uh, you know, uh, you'll you'll see at the end of your of your study, Ed. You'll see what uh, yeah. Yeah. what gives. Yeah, yeah how,
0: yeah. how long have you done your study now? Ed? Well, we we
1: have just a, a three month study, but I mean halfway through. Uh, The reports are extremely positive. That's great. And we're seeing, uh, you know, huge improvements in reading, good improvements in math. And because they test them every month, Uh, the kids, they've been testing the kids with these same tests or the test system for a year and a half. So every kid has their own control in this particular. Mm. And uh, I can add a couple more things about that, but we're into the next break.
0: Yeah, Mm. you bet. We're going to take another short break, folks. Uh, Stay tuned, please. We will be right back. Jerry, I really appreciate you with us today. Good morning to you.
3: Yes, good morning. Yeah, <laughs> uh, and uh, <laughs> uh, thank you very much. It's nice to be here with both of you, Jerry.
0: Yeah. Can, Jerry, can I ask uh,
1: what's happening in the direction of an adult version for the potential?
3: Well, actually, we're, we we have been working on a product which is a powder. Uh, and uh, uh, it ha- we we developed this product, and it had a, an incredibly uh, successful run and uh, have gone into a revision of this and expect to have it available again sometime soon. It's called E-Factor. Okay. And uh, if, uh, if someone wants to go to a website called E-Factor Info, uh, mm-hmm. E-F-A-C-T-O-R-Info.com, that website uh, has a tab on there called Clinical Research. And basically, uh, uh, it is a long list of hyperlinks to PubMed, to the National Library of Medicine, which would give somebody uh, a quick glimpse of the relevance of the various nutrients that are incorporated into the product. Uh, One of the problems that that, uh, I encountered in clinical practice was that I really wanted uh, my patients to take uh, uh, well, more than just a single nutrient, a wide range of nutrients, and, it, and it, it became apparent that I was unable to do that in one pill, or even in one product, and therefore they had to take one of this, one of that, one of that, and uh, uh, that not only is a costly uh, affair for most most people, but also uh, inconvenient, and from a practitioner standpoint, compliance uh, it really is going to determine how uh, how well your patient does after you've uh, given them certain instructions or guidance about their life. I see. If they don't comply for whatever reason, then uh, you failed. Hmm. So having a powder uh, and uh, uh, something that can be uh, put into a, uh, a drink, a shake, for example, and, and uh, just with water, uh, makes it exceptionally convenient, and one scoop of a powder is the equivalent of, of uh, many, many, many capsules. I see. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. uh, uh, for example, uh, in this particular product, one, one serving is equal to roughly about 32 uh, 500 milligram capsules. That's a 14 gram uh, serving. Wow. Uh,
0: no. huh. Wow. That's amazing.
1: Okay. okay. Well, we'll be checking it out.
0: So, capsules or the chewables, you mean? No, 32 of okay.
3: the chewables. Well, uh, no, well, it, it, a typical capsule, typical vitamin capsule, uh, is a size uh, a zero capsule, and it uh, holds somewhere in the neighborhood of five hundred milligrams, yeah, depending right. upon the bulk density of, of sure. an ingredient. So, uh, if you had to take a lot of capsules, uh, a handful of capsules, uh, you'd be in trouble. Right. Right. Huh. Uh, so that—that's what I'm talking about. Hmm.
1: Okay. So we'll we'll look into that. The
3: sixteen capsules, sixteen capsules, uh, or a scoop uh and of course it it would have to have uh and this is a product that has no added sugar uh it's very low in net carb non-fat high fiber low sodium uh it's a, considered a good source of protein and uh, you have to have a certain amount of protein in there to make that claim right yeah uh and uh it, it's an excellent uh, uh source of magnesium very high in magnesium and a good source of calcium it doesn't have any gluten or eggs or soy or lactose it has enzymes and probiotics and all the other things that you need, plus a, a range of nutrients uh, that uh, w- would, uh, based on current science and based on, on the links on that particular website, uh, would be justified in a uh, you know suitably designed product for right. brain function, particularly mm-hmm. for, for adults. This is not a children's product. So
1: right. this is efactorinfo.com? Uh, That's correct.
3: That's correct. Yeah, look, so look, look on the clinical research, I think it's called clinical research, there's a tab at the top, and when you go there, you'll, it's nothing more than a, a, a bunch of hyperlinks. Yep. And each hyperlink pertains to an ingredient. There's close to 100 ingredients in this product. So it's very, very hard. It took a long, long time to put it together. We're in the process of, of improving it, actually. It's as good as it was, but we've made some improvements based on current science.
0: Now, is uh, that the same, then, as uh, the website Edison factor, or is that not the same?
3: It is. Okay. There's so a website can... called Edison Factor. I think uh, uh, it, it, which, um, <clears throat> and I, I think it should link to E Factor. Okay. I, I don't. I don't. I, I apologize for, That's okay. for not knowing. Uh, you know what goes on in the IT side of my <laughs> life.
0: But, uh, <laughs> uh, uh, come um, on. The word Edison uh, Factor. Actually, you must have a few I, minutes.
3: Yeah, uh, I, I'm we we had to move. Uh, uh, the, uh, change the the name of the product to E Factor because there is a a company called. Uh, Edison Pharmaceuticals and we decided not to get into a okay. uh, discussion with them, you know, about who owns what. Oh, so yeah. we just changed it to E factor. Smart uh-huh. move. Smart move. Yeah. yeah. Thomas Edison of course was a very inventive guy. He also didn't do very well in school.
0: <laughs>
3: uh, uh, neither did Einstein, <laughs> you yeah. know. But uh that's another story for another day.
0: One of the ingredients that uh, you and I talked about last Monday extensively that is in this uh, product is vitamin K Two, which is uh, very special because we do know it's good for bone health but it also is very important for brain function. Can you explain that, please?
3: Yes, I can, and, and that's a really good segue. Um, uh, the, the brain uh, contains a lot of molecules uh, uh, and uh, among those molecules are a group of compounds called quinones
4: which include, also
3: includes coenzyme Q10 uh, which uh, is uh, something that uh, we need more of as we get older. Um, and it turns out that that uh, uh, one of the quinones, of course, is is a menaquinone, right? Uh, okay. Which is another chemical name for vitamin K. Uh, and menaquinones uh, are described uh, uh, basically by uh, the length of this little side chain uh, that uh, sticks out uh, uh, from the molecule, depending upon how many uh, uh, units there are in a side chain. Menaquinone four has four units. Menaquinone seven has seven. You can imagine what a CoQ10 has, right? Yeah. Uh, so, and and uh, the longer the side chain, uh, in the case of menaquinone, particularly, uh, the 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 more effective it is because it stays in your system longer. So, menaquinone seven, which is a natural product, it's something that occurs uh, in in the diet, but only in a limited number of people, uh, has uh, uh, you know a very very valuable effect on the body uh and, and in fact it was it was not really understood in uh until a group of researchers were really uh, uh not even looking for it they were doing an epidemiology study of osteoporosis I see. and they were looking at the incidence of osteoporosis around the world mm-hmm. you know not just in in america but in europe and in asia and so forth uh and am I going to go too far afield here on this or do No, you... I like it. Okay, good. So UK? Um, what, what they go, discovered, go, go. yeah, what they discovered when they were looking at Japan in particular was that there was a striking difference in the incidence of osteoporosis. And now, mind you, the, the osteoporosis—if you go to your doctor and you want to be tested for that—if they're, they're, you're fortunate enough, uh, your insurance company will pay for something called a Dexa scan, which is a a special type of an x-ray that will look at the density of your bones. That's an expensive affair and one that could never really be uh, done on large populations of people. And when you look at epidemiology, you're really trying to get a sense of what's going on in large numbers because numbers really give you more uh, uh, accuracy. Mm -hmm. So what they looked at instead was the registry of uh, essentially hip fractures. Because in older people, uh, uh, the fracture of the hip is really a sign that a person has osteoporosis. So they looked at the incidence of hip fracture uh, in Japan, and they found that there was a striking difference between uh, uh, basically uh, eastern and western Japan. Okay. So in eastern Japan, which is where in Tokyo is located, uh, there was a dramatic reduction. Uh, much lower incidence of of hip fracture and therefore osteoporosis. Hmm. Uh, This is an accepted uh, uh, surrogate marker. Um, And then on the other side of Mount Fuji in Western Japan, it was the same as it would have been in London or or elsewhere uh, in in Western Europe and so forth. And uh, nobody could figure that out until somebody literally tripped over uh, a tiny detail. And that is that uh, in Tokyo... Uh, there is a uh, a dietary condiment that uh, is unique to uh, the culture there. It's called natto. Sure.
2: Uh-huh.
3: It is a fermented product. We know a lot now about how valuable fermented products are, and they're coming on more and more in beverages and so forth. This is a fermented soybean product. Uh, it's an a, a, acquired taste, to say the least.
0: Yeah, right? I understand.
3: Yeah. yeah. Uh but uh in the fermentation process uh, uh, a number of things are taking place chemically uh including uh the uh the conversion or the uh of, of certain uh compounds into this vitamin K2 molecule. Uh uh Jacobus I know that you are uh, uh, originally from the Netherlands I believe. Yes. Yeah yeah well a great deal of research uh, on vitamin K2 has been conducted in the Netherlands perhaps oh. most of it. Uh, has been done there hmm. uh and now uh, uh since this chance discovery there there's uh, uh, uh we pretty much know everything that we need to know about vitamin K2 yeah uh, you know uh, what it does at the molecular level uh, uh, how it affects uh uh, uh the bones and uh, and also uh, the calcium metabolism metabolism in the body uh when studies are done on osteoporosis if you go to PubMed and and you want to look up look up uh, these different research uh, initiatives, uh, they have to have a marker. Again, it's too expensive to do DEXA scans, and one of the markers they use uh, is to look at the level of a protein uh, in the urine. Okay. is a protein called osteocalcin. Osteo sounds sounds like it's, you know, a, a bone thing, bone. Uh-huh. and calcin sounds like it's got some calcium, or, or related to calcium. And in fact, that's what this protein does. You, you, you have a This protein in your bone, that in the presence of vitamin K two, the tail end of this protein, which has a a a glutamate residue, it curls up like a scorpion's tail. I see. In the presence of vitamin K two, and and what it grabs onto is a, a little bit of calcium, so it holds. The calcium in the bone what happens is that 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 molecule the osteocalcin gets what's called carboxylated there's a little uh, a little a residue called a carboxylic acid residue gets gets linked onto that and it causes it to change its, its conformation, the structure and curl up and it holds the calcium in the bone if you have under carboxylated osteocalcin uh you will end up losing calcium from your bones. Now it, uh, it, it, we we know that osteoporosis is a big problem as people get older, uh-huh. but uh, so is heart disease. Uh, and in fact, uh, you can, if you're fortunate enough, again to go uh, and get your doctor to write you uh, orders to have a calcium score, or to have uh, your uh, carotid arteries uh, uh, evaluated with an ultrasound to see how much calcium you have laid down in your arteries. Uh, uh, that that would be very valuable information to know. Sure. All right. Where did that calcium come from? Never mind what caused it, but where where was the calcium? Uh, you know, actually originating from. So the, uh, the, again, no, no. this
0: was a ca- this is a urine test.
3: Well, the test that, uh, for osteoporosis uh, in these studies is a urine test uh, to see how much uh, uh, to what extent the osteocalcin is carboxylated. So undercarboxylated okay. osteocalcin in the urine. Uh, is a marker for osteoporosis.
1: Well, we're now talking about ultrasound uh, of the arteries to see how much calcium right, is in there, because, and that must have come from the be, bone.
3: Well, uh, because when you see calcium deposited in your arteries, of course, that's not a good sign, right? But that calcium actually came from the reservoir of calcium in your body, which is yep. your skeletal system. Okay.
2: Yep. Okay.
3: And what Notice. the researchers in the Netherlands discovered in animal models of uh, arterial calcification, this is quite remarkable, right. is that, uh, and these are animal models now, so let's not jump to, to too many conclusions here, but it's, it's tantalizing, mm-hmm. uh, is that in animal models of arterial calcification, with the addition of vitamin K2 into the diet of these animals, they began to see the migration of calcium from the arterial tissue back to where it came from. Wow,
1: that is impressive. Uh, I'd miss this one. Yeah.
3: I'd so there's a tremendous one. amount of turnover of everything in your body. We talked sure. about the, the lead and the skeletal system and so forth. You know, th- th- your system is very dynamic. It, 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 you, think you, you, know, you take an x-ray, you see a bone, you go out, wow, there's a bone there. But uh, imagine a child breaking a bone, right? And you see the x-ray, it looks really ugly, and, and uh, the, you can obviously see where the fracture was. Uh, you go back, uh, and say you know five years uh, forward, they're still growing, of course. And uh, it's almost impossible to see where that, uh, where that fracture is because the bone has remodeled right. itself, right? And so there's a constant uh, 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 turnover. Uh, there are a number of drugs in fact for osteoporosis that are targeting a, uh, a, a part of that, that turnover system. There, there are uh, chemicals that tear the bone down and there's chemicals that build it up. Uh, and they have to be in a dynamic balance, if you will, to keep the shape and the, and all of that. There's a number of other factors: exercise, uh, gravity, yes. etc., that will affect the 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 remodeling of the bone and, and the structure of the bone. But we won't go there right now. And of course, yeah, but the, the big the role. big
0: problem here is the calcification of the arteries.
3: Yeah. So, but anyway, so so much of the research on vitamin K two, K two, not K one, but K two, has focused on the the uh dynamic of calcium in the body how uh, you know it's interplay between the, the the bones and the soft tissues and how and how vitamin k2 in particular impacts the balance of the calcium and where it goes whether it stays in the bone or whether it goes to soft tissue or whether yeah. you just pee it out or whatever
1: yes so does okay. k7 work at all in this mode or is it only well mk7
3: 7, mk7 7 is is uh uh, the natural form of vitamin K2 It's called menaquinone 7 and it's sometimes referred to as MK7 although it's really MQ yes. right? but, um, uh, and there's also a menaquinone 4 which is a synthetic molecule uh, uh, but because it is not the side chain is not as long as the 4 is less than 7 Right. Uh, you get about a tenfold uh, less effect so it, the amount of, of uh, uh, pardon me I take it back a thousandfold
0: thousand fold yeah yeah exactly wow for the
3: so, MQ4. Yeah, mq4 yeah for the M- mk7 in other words it, it, the, it, you would have to take um, 45 milligrams of mk4 menaquinone 4 to have the same effect as 45 micrograms of mk7
0: that's incredible that's yeah. So,
3: you know, a slight difference in the, in the molecular structure can have a dramatic impact on what you need to take. Yes. Now, wow. uh, synthetically, uh, MK4, uh, uh, you know, it's not, I mean, it's been studied, it's got safety profiles and all of that, but the fact is that, that uh, the, the consumption of MK7 far exceeds in years, it's centuries of uh, uh, the, uh, the consumption of MK-4. Okay. So we know for a fact that, that there's no question of the safety of MK-7. All
0: right, folks well, we have to product. take a short break but I want to continue with that. That's I going really to talk about that and relate
3: to the brain when we come back. Absolutely,
0: right. right, right. fascinating stuff. Dr. Jerry Schlesser with us on Gesundheit with Jacobus this morning from Portland. Professor Edward Dredge from Montana State University Chemistry Biochemistry Department in the studio with me as a co-host. We're going to take a break. Folks, stay tuned. We'll be right back for hour number three. Uh, Dr. Schleser, it's an absolute pleasure to have you on the show. Good morning to you, and thanks for spending three hours with us this morning.
3: Well, first of all, before I uh, uh, lose this opportunity, I want to thank you uh, for inviting me into the program and also to acknowledge the fact that you're providing an excellent service to your uh, local population, well, helping you. everybody to learn about uh, uh, healthy living.
4: Yes. And again, oh, uh,
3: Dr. Drought, I know how busy you are. Uh, thanks so much for taking the time to, uh, to be here today. It's been a pleasure to talk to you.
1: Well, we all have a lot to learn, and uh, I've certainly learned a lot today. And uh, I hope you'll uh, have time to tell us uh, more about uh, vitamin K2 in the brain.
0: We will do that, but we have a couple callers on hold who would like to, yeah, to uh, chime in. Yeah. Good morning, caller number one. You've been on hold since the break. Uh, what's your name, please? How can we help you?
4: This is Pete. Hey, Pete. Maybe lose some confusion here, and maybe there is no, 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 I couldn't find my notes on this, but going from memory, vitamin K, and I don't believe there's a number associated with this, or maybe to the confusion. Children at birth are given a shot of vitamin K to aid in the clotting of blood. The shot, as opposed to a liquid,
3: Yes, you're right. That, that's a form of vitamin K called vitamin K1, and it's completely different in its mechanism from vitamin K2. But you're absolutely right. Uh, 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 unfortunately, the vitamin K1 doesn't do the same thing that vitamin K2 does. Well,
4: here's they're, what they're, they're saying, doctor, and that, that's what I was reading. And, and again, I can't find my notes. So I'm going from memory. That the shot, as opposed to an oral liquid of the vitamin, it may cause, here's what they're saying, may cause childhood cancer. So the needle does the oral, no adverse effects from what I can recall of the research I did on this. But well, it, let's
3: say this. Okay, again, we were talking about numbers here, and uh, uh, look at the size of the study that we conducted with children. Look at the, 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 the you know the size of of uh, the data sets uh, that that uh, uh, prompted us to make some decisions in life. Uh, for different reasons. Uh, uh, if we see a cluster of childhood cancer, if we see this happening uh, more and more, obviously we're going to be paying more attention to it. Uh, I think it's an interesting piece of information, but I, I think we'll have to have a lot more numbers to be able to, uh, you know, to make some assumptions about this to begin with.
4: I agree. I, I would agree. But I, to me, if there's even a long shot, why wouldn't they just use the oral when there's no adverse effects from it?
3: That's a question I can't answer. Uh, obviously, those decisions are made by other people, uh, and uh, there's risk-benefit ratios and so forth involved in that, but uh, uh, it's beyond the scope of, of, of my ability to answer you. But Well,
4: you know what? Thank <laughs> you. Yeah. you go this awesome I, yeah, show. Yeah, Great thanks, guess. Pete.
0: Yeah, I, I totally agree with you, and I think it's a good point, and I know that you have really focused your attention a lot to vaccinations and I really commend you for that and I always commend you Pete for keeping me in the loop about what's going on in that field. I want to continue then Ed with your question.
1: Yeah what's well, vitamin K2 in the brain? Uh, Jerry was starting to talk about that and we ran out of time.
3: Okay so we talked about vitamin K2 uh, and and its interplay within the bones and the soft tissues and, and uh, I, I briefly mentioned osteocalcin. And talked about uh, uh, the presence of vitamin K two and how it uh, uh, alters the the structure of that uh, protein. And it does that uh, because it's a cofactor in an enzyme. Everything goes, uh, you know. Uh, enzymes are really powerful. We're not talking digestive enzymes, but this is called gamma uh, carboxylase or gamma glutamyl carboxylase. And it turns out that there uh, uh, are gamma carboxylases in the brain as well. Aha! Uh-huh. Although they're not that, uh, they're really not participating so much in the calcium. Metabolism, but in other uh, functions, uh-huh. uh, and uh, we—for uh, we, example—well, uh, 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 let's talk about something called sphingolipids as an example, right? right. Uh, maybe uh, people have heard about that. Sphingolipids are are, are linked now to neurodegenerative diseases. Uh, turns out that vitamin K actually participates in the synthesis of sphingolipids. Uh, in the brain, and these are in high concentrations in the cell membranes in the brain, and they're, 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 they have a structural role. really important, right? And There's also, uh, vitamin K uh, contributes to a number of other enzymes in, in, in the brain, including a, a class called tyrosine kinase, and this is a very vast area of research. But uh, uh, it, it has a lot to do with the growth of the brain and the function of the brain and, and interaction. Plus, it's also an antioxidant. Uh-huh which is really important uh, to keep that in mind because oxidative stress and inflammation are are uh you know the, the fundamental issues uh, for health and and, uh, and longevity and wellness and so forth.
1: Now you were saying earlier that vitamin K2 is probably the most widespread human deficiency. And that's I think it is because
3: it, uh, the only place uh, that that is known uh well so far anyway uh, uh where it's being consumed in the diet. And let's Completely discount supplements because of, uh, yeah. that that's a it's you know, unique to America almost at this point uh, but uh in the diet it's basically not even all of Japan but a very very small uh, area in Japan, which is again a very small country yes uh, so uh, the vitamin k two. Uh, for the most part, uh, is, uh, you know, uh, deficient in, in most people. Now, that's not to say that if you had a, an idealized intestinal microbiome and diet and so forth, there might be some of that synthesized uh, in your gut, yeah. what have you. Uh, if you eat a lot of green leafy vegetables and so forth, uh, K1 can, can uh, uh, you know, participate a little bit in some of these mechanisms, but K2 is so much more powerful. Yeah, uh, and and the results, the the research on K two, is so compelling, and there is a there is a substantial body of evidence. I mean, really good research, beginning with, with fundamental research, looking at, at uh, in vitro studies and and, and, uh, and tissue studies, all the way through to uh, uh, large randomized controlled studies in human beings.
1: Well, you know, there's a so, there's a saying that I like particularly. Uh, you the amount you learn from something is how surprised you are. And I, I really hadn't tuned in. I mean, I follow a lot of things in nutrition. I hadn't really tuned into the important, central importance of this K2. Yeah. So.
3: And so when I designed this product, one of the things I thought about was not just about the kids today, but about their future. Yeah. Right, and right. in fact, that 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 uh, not only applies to vitamin K and and and, and, uh, and setting them, uh, setting the the trend in their in their bodies uh, to have good bone health and and good vascular health, but also good brain health. Uh, but also uh, with respect to iron. Yeah. You'll see a lot of children's vitamins out there, a lot of gummy bears and other other products which are very tantalizing. They're very attractive and tasty and so forth, loaded with sugar. But uh, uh, all too often, they have little or no iron in them. And iron is crucial, is absolutely crucial for the developing brain. In fact, the, the, oh. there are a number of studies uh, 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 in the current literature that, that uh, have... Uh, pointed out that uh, suboptimal, I'm not talking about iron deficiency, but suboptimal iron status and in, in early in life sets a person up for uh, intellectual uh, disabilities later on. Wow. Uh-huh. Yeah. So it's really important uh, uh, for the developing brain to have iron. Uh, there's also another nutrient in the product called taurine, which is an amino acid. It's yep. a very... Easy one of, uh, uh, you know, uh, yeah, there's no issues there. But taurine, t- uh, in addition to having some benefits on, on the intestinal microbiome, which we talked about briefly before, also uh, has been shown to uh, actually significantly enhance the absorption and utilization of iron. Huh. You know? And it also has effects on the brain as well, some really positive effects on brain function. Yeah,
2: wow.
3: So there's a, everything kind of works together. It's a multifunctional thing. All these pieces of the jigsaw puzzle fit together. Uh, and uh, we, we've been very uh, gratified by the, the results that we're getting. And not only do we see the results in the school settings and in the studies that we've mentioned uh, uh, earlier, but we, we get reports from teachers and parents weekly, unsolicited reports people are saying uh, that they're noticing a difference in the kids. Mm-hmm.
0: Dr. Schleser, I was going to ask you, uh, as far as vitamin K2 is concerned, What is the risk when people come in the store and say, I am on Coumadin or some kind of a blood thinner. I am worried. I cannot take green leafy vegetables. I cannot take any vitamin K. What do you say as far as vitamin K2, especially MK7, is concerned?
3: That's a good question. That's an excellent question. You know, first of all, uh, no matter what, if a person is is being prescribed a medicine like that, there has to be uh, some coordination of care with the uh, whoever the prescriber is, whether it's a hematologist or, or uh, a cardiologist or whatever, uh, to to see what's going on there. And there are also a lot of medications now available that um, are able to accomplish the uh, the effects uh, that uh, are uh, you know induced by uh, warfarin, but without the uh, uh, the issues of uh, uh having to eliminate vitamin K from the diet. Yes. Okay. The problem they, they, I mean it is known that, you know that that warfarin does the job it does but it it does it at at the risk of uh a serious damage uh to the body uh w- with respect to uh, uh, the, uh the, bone arterial, so the arterial the
0: arterial construction, yeah.
3: right? Yeah. So oh, it, yeah. it's a, it's it's a cutting it uh you know you cuts both ways yes. if you will. Sure. But there are new drugs out there. That that the insurance companies are paying for, uh, and it's up to the doctor to 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 prescribe these things so that the people can eat a good diet. Right.
0: But have you? uh, Is there something that people should be afraid of to take vitamin K two? I understand with K one that it has it it has blood thickening uh, qualities, but vitamin K two, especially the MK seven, shouldn't be doing that. I always tell people you got to. You know, it's funny that when you look at the literature. In the prescription drug books, uh, the side possible side effects and the function that they have, it always says that uh, you shouldn't take fish oil when you're on blood thinners. And fish oil, of course, does phenomenal work on the um, on the, uh, the the natural. Uh, I wouldn't call it coagulation, but the uh, well, it is
1: it's a blood thinner as well.
0: Yeah. It is a blood thinner in its own right, but it doesn't make the blood thin. It just makes it flow more healthy. And it, and it and vitamin and fish oil, especially high EPA in this case, uh, changes the potential LDL uh, small molecules into larger molecules particles.
3: Mm. Well, you know, we're
0: getting off into it. Yeah, I know, no, no.
3: Uh, yeah. But I'm so just so thinking, anyway. Wait, so, so we talk else, about vitamin. K, well, we talk about warfarin. Uh, people going coming in and they're taking an anticoagulants and very inexpensive anticoagulant warfarin. It's uh, been around for a long time. Um, uh, and very effective at at, at at killing small animals as well. Uh, yes, because it yes. the causes them to lead to death. But but when you take this for a long time, what happens is that uh, you're getting the anti effect, but you're also getting arterial calcification yep. as a result of taking this particular drug. Wow.
1: Well, they should ask their ph- physician to change the drug. Yeah,
3: and, and, and by the way, there's an interesting uh, paper uh, was published in the European Journal of Pharmacology in, uh, uh, just last year, September 2016. Here's the title. Vitamin K2, Regression of Aortic Calcification wow. Induced by Warfarin. Wow. Okay. Huh. So wow. This, these are animal models, obviously, but the fact is it shows... Uh, and, and and it basically is a reinforcing uh, piece of information showing that vitamin K two really has a powerful effect. Never mind whether you're taking warfarin or not, but yeah. if you really want to have a, a healthy arterial system and a healthy uh, skeletal system, vitamin K two is really important.
1: So, Jacobus, we should get that
3: reference for you and put it on your website.
0: Yeah, scientist. Like so, is that a scientific paper or is yes. that a book? You. Yeah. Well, this yeah. is a, yeah. a
3: paper in PubMed, but but the, but the fact is. You cannot simply you know, jump to conclusions conclusion and extrapolate a rat study and say, uh, okay, this is it. Everybody should be doing these things. But, but if you look at the totality of the evidence for mm-hmm. vitamin K2, yes. it's clear that it's a powerful uh, influence on this enzyme, gamma glutamyl uh, uh, carboxylase, which regulates the calcium both in the soft tissues as well as in the bone.
0: So it's called vitamin K two regression of arterial.
3: I'll send you the link. I'll send you the link.
0: Okay, great. Yeah. European yeah.
1: Journal of Pharmacology. Yeah, it's a good, yeah, yeah, good, yeah. good up, uh, high quality. But it just
3: training. shows you that 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 uh, even with, with and this is again, I wouldn't call it a drug induced nutritional deficiency, but I would say that it's a drug induced problem, which could be offset with adequate uh, nutritional intervention. Huh. I don't believe, however, and, and I'm going to make this clear to people who are listening. That that this is not a recommendation for somebody to take vitamin K two while they're taking warfarin. No, they have to. That's have to get not get off a good idea. Have an you, alternative you need drug. You yeah. uh, you know, uh, after the fact, fine. But until in, in, until you uh, are uh, uh, taken off that drug or put on a drug that that uh, 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 does the same effect but uh, is not warfarin, okay. Uh, then uh, then you can go uh, with the vitamin K.
0: Right. Yep. Okay. Good. That's good. Good point. Clear. So vitamin K2, what, what a research. And I, I, I'm sure within a year we're going to know even more. Uh, do you? Is, does it look like there's going to be some uh, human studies going on as well uh, soon? With what? On vitamin K2?
3: Oh, there have been a number of them.
0: Okay. okay.
3: Oh, yeah. There's a, a large body of evidence uh, on uh, amenoquinone 7, much of it uh, done in the Netherlands.
0: Yes. Yeah,
3: that's right. Yeah, yeah. Okay. so a lot of work on that, and uh, I don't think anybody uh, uh, will question the, yeah. uh, the, the relevance of that and, right. and you know, the design of the studies or all of that. I mean, the data is quite convincing.
1: I just haven't focused
0: on that before, but no, I'm yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Especially with what you're doing, that's great yeah. stuff. Yeah. Good. Uh, we're going to take a short break, and then we'll continue with Dr. Jerry Schlesser and Professor Dretz. Thank you for listening. We will be right back
3: we're gonna uh, talk about nerf two for example, which sounds like a a nerdy topic already yeah right yeah uh, we can do
0: that uh, the other one is the synaptic plasticity, which is yeah, uh, yeah. which is maybe Perfect. you can explain what that is first okay. synaptic okay. plasticity. synaptic
3: plasticity and of course anyone can go to wikipedia and look up nerf two nerf two is is n r f just an acronym n r f two uh it's an acronym for for a larger acronym if you will, uh, but you'll find it in Wikipedia. Uh, and then uh, synaptic plasticity as well, you'll be able to find that in Wikipedia and and get a, a gist of what we're going to talk about here. But essentially, uh, uh, if you can think about it, uh, uh, having a plasticity or being able to be more, I would say, flexible and, and adaptable uh, is a good thing. Uh, and the synapses, as, uh, as Dr. Jad mentioned earlier, uh, are uh, really, that's how information is transmitted uh... in our nervous system is through these uh, synapses and so the the ability of of uh... Of synapses to to have that uh, adaptability uh... uh... is is crucial particularly when the brain is developing uh, there are, uh... many structures in the uh... the nerve itself one of them is called a dendrite another one's called an axon and we, we can learn, look that up in wikipedia as well sure. but um... A dendritic uh... A density uh, uh is another area that that we haven't gotten into but the, the branching uh of nerves and the ability of these nerves to interconnect and 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 relate to each other really is crucial when you when you talk about uh, communication uh and for the, for things to work properly the more branching you have the better off you are okay in, in terms of the uh, dendritic uh, spines and all that and synaptic plasticity plays a role in in uh as well in uh in uh Memory and cognition and being able to to uh, uh, store information uh, and retrieve it and so forth yeah, yeah it 's learning really that 's what it 's all about um, uh, you 'll see studies on synaptic plasticity with respect to uh, aging and alzheimer 's disease as well as uh, uh, early life uh, issues in terms terms of brain function and learning and, and cognition and all that uh, nerf two on the other hand uh, 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 is uh, is completely different. That has to do with uh, uh, what are called the transcription factors. Uh, mm, people okay. maybe have heard about that, what transcription factors are. They're proteins uh, that uh, are uh, produced in our body. Uh, uh, these are proteins that, that bind to some spot in our DNA. Okay. Uh, they, they're called uh, the DNA binding domains. And. Uh, it, it turns out that, that uh, you know, about 10% of the genes in our code, in our genome, are coding for transcription factors, which essentially makes that the single largest family of proteins in our body. Really? Yeah. So transcription oh. factors, really, that, and, and that's where the rubber uh, meets the road. Okay? Is that it's the
0: same these, as transfactors? Yeah.
3: No, that's the transfer okay. factor is all together. That has to do with the immune system, and uh, we can talk about that another day. Okay, good. There's okay? no a it's lot not to talk the about the transfer factor. But transcription factors are really important. Uh, 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 Dr. Dratt knows about this, and Nrf2 is a transcription factor.
1: Yeah, they're master right? switches.
3: Master yeah. switches. Uh, and uh, this is a transcription factor, however, that, that, that's really an important one because it, it uh, basically turns on antioxidant genes. Okay? And so when you activate NERF2, it results in the production of another a bunch of other proteins. These genes are going to turn on and, 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 and cause other proteins to be made. And these are proteins that are uh, sometimes referred to as protective proteins or uh, cytoprotective cyTO because they protect the cells. all right? So that, and, and uh, there's a long list of them. Uh, 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 you can find this in Wikipedia, by the way, if you go and look at them. Okay. Uh, but to, to, to make a long story short, uh, uh, these are crucial for staying healthy and for making sure that things are working the way they're supposed to, even in the inside of every cell, right? Uh, where there's a lot of, uh, of uh, activity going on, a lot of electricity is uh, uh, moving, electrons are moving around and so forth. Yes. So mm. it, it turns out that, that, that uh, as one might expect, and and uh, we don't think about nrf2 in day-to-day living but we do think about eating right eating uh people are eating more fresh foods and and uh you know taking more vitamins and doing all these kinds of things which tend to keep them healthy and youthful uh and uh also reduce oxidative stress and they do that yeah ultimately because they're also uh basically inducing uh these transcription factors nrf2 Okay. Uh, in uh, knowing that these kids uh, were in a, a, a very disadvantaged situation, impaired uh, both socially and culturally as well as metabolically. Uh, and I knew that they were not eating uh, on the outside of the grocery store, if, if at all. Yes. Uh, you know, they were eating uh, foods that were basically processed, processed and packaged yeah. and so forth, right? Uh, and then added preservatives and whatever. Uh, I, I felt that I really had to put in something in the product that was going to be accepted, again, by uh, the gauntlet of reviewers, you know, but still have the effect, the beneficial effect. And, and if you look on the label of the product, you'll see that uh, 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 the overwhelming uh, content of the product, other than the vitamins and all that, but what really takes up most of the mass of the product is the base of the product, which is a, a lot of juices from berries, mm-hmm. uh, things that would uh, otherwise stain your clothing. And right. uh, it turns out that uh, these pigments that that stain our clothing when we uh, uh, eat uh, uh, the fresh fruits and berries, uh, these pigments really are very beneficial for the brain. If They're beneficial across the board, but they're yeah. really, really good yeah. for the yeah. brain. Uh, um, uh, and there's a long lots of different names for them. One of them is called an anthocyanins example, uh, and we can get into that in, uh, in an academic setting. we we'll talk about that in greater detail. But there's a long list of, of these uh, uh, fruit extracts. They're all organic. Yeah. Uh, and there's also some other uh, antioxidants in there for which there is no daily value, per se, but but uh, are they're important. And that includes a whole range of what are called carotenoids. And these are also things <laughs> that will stain your clothing. Okay? Uh, and, uh, you know, other uh, other ingredients that, that are considered to be antioxidants, let's put it that way, without getting too complicated. Right. So that's that's really the it, why we put that in there because NERF two uh, needs to be uh, uh, active and and we need to keep our antioxidant genes uh, 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 in in good shape. Let's put it that
1: way. So right. if, if the kids are not eating a good wide range of fruits and vegetables then these concentrates you've got in the potential will uh, compensate for that.
3: Well, it's an attempt. It's an attempt at yeah. least. It might be a drop in the bucket. It's hard to say because we're not able to test this, right? Yeah. But, but, it, but the net effect of taking the product is, is really what we're looking for, yeah. the overall outcome, and, and, and we are satisfied with the outcome. Yeah. And certainly this, this is way better to do this than it would be to put a bunch of sugar in the product or a bunch of artificial colors and artificial flavors. and
0: Totally. Whatnot. Yes.
1: Yeah, our kids. Uh, you know, the study we just I, t- I talked about very early. Yeah. Uh, the kids had a little trouble the first few times because it's a little bit strong tasting, but, little tart. Yeah. But after they got used to it, they're very enthusiastic about taking it. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah. So, it's well, it's it's vitamin out. C is tart. Uh, there's no question about it. And there's there's a uh, that's the uh, the one thing that uh, uh, exceeds 100 percent of the daily value in this product. Yeah. Yeah. There's mm-hmm. a lot of vitamin C in there for a good reason. Yeah, okay. well, I agree, yeah.
1: But mm-hmm. I I just yeah. mentioned that the kids there's a pretty good chunk of kids in this study and and uh, uh, seems virtually all of them have uh are now eagerly take the thing. They yeah. take yeah. it right after lunch.
0: And I want sure. I want to let our listeners know that uh, at the Gesundheit Nutrition Center we do have samples of the uh, potential uh product. We have them in little sample ba- uh, baggies and so you can uh, take one and Taste it so you have an idea. Or bring your children. Take a few for your children home. Let them try it. Uh, the bottles are also available. And uh, they're not very expensive. Uh, they, they really help. They really help. The studies have shown tens of thousands of children who are taking this have ta- have had great success. And it is ongoing. And uh, Dr. Dratz over here also is doing a study in Montana with children. And they're three months in, but he is already seeing great results. So it is wonderful to see the continuation of the research and the studies working on our younger generation. Uh, there is a lot of worry uh, at, y- at a young age because children are simply not exposed to enough good nutrients. They are exposed to uh, chemicals in many ways, shape or form, especially when it is they're dealing also with poverty. And so the, the food choices are not always the healthiest for the development of the brain the bones, the body, the heart, the lungs, the muscles, etc. So to have a product available that children can take to help out with it, it doesn't replace good nutrition, of course. It doesn't replace exercise. It doesn't replace uh, good behavior. But it will contribute in benefiting the child's overall health. And that is what uh, has been shown in the study. So if you are interested the product is available in Bozeman right now at the Gesundheit Nutrition Center. Now the the Nerve Two. So the Nerve Two is more a quote. It's not a product. It's really it, it's, it's a, a
1: natural. It's a natural protein in your body, and you correct. Can, depending on what you eat, you can stimulate that.
0: Yes. And the and the, the potential product is stimulating in it as well, Doctor Schlosser. Well,
3: the, the, the evidence. Uh, if you look at Nerve Two and see what in the what what is it in our diet. That kind of turns nerf two on, if you will, yes, uh, it is these if uh, uh, flavonoids and uh, yeah. the pigments and so forth that uh, we get in our diet in in fresh food, yeah. yes, so we went to the trouble of of designing a comprehensive blend we It took us a while just to put this together to the base of of these various uh, uh, fruit juices and have them made custom uh, organic and all that. Uh, and make it palatable. and and uh, you know a lot of different uh, issues were uh, involved in technically speaking in designing a product to make sure that it sticks together and it, it doesn't have a bad taste and so forth. Uh, because some of these things don't taste good a lot of flat. if you eat the inside of an orange, for example, the, yeah. the, the, the you know the lining of the orange peel it doesn't taste too good. Uh,
0: so but there is indeed something with the bioflavonoids that uh, what it does to the mem- to the cell membrane. To make it more permeable for absorption of nutrients. Is that correct? Is that how you say is that correctly uh, Well
3: put? It, 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 some of the studies that were done with flavonoids early on were done with athletes actually, uh, and they were they involved bruising. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, this is uh, this is uh, Ed, this is probably what you know, more than thirty years ago. Sure, strengthening <clears throat> uh, blood
1: vessels. Yeah, strengthening yeah. blood vessels.
3: Yeah. yeah, and they were looking at capillary uh, 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 fragility, if you will. Yeah, I mean, yeah. uh, and it turns out that, that the uh, structural integrity of of these uh, 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 little tubes, the capillary walls, are really small, um, uh, can be uh, improved with the addition of uh, flavonoids.
1: So when you get hit, you can break those little blood vessels, and then right. the blood comes out, and that's what makes the bruise. Yes. But if you have more bioflavonoids, then your blood vessels or your capillaries are stronger, hmm. and you don't bruise And themselves. by
3: the way, uh, uh, to, not to, to take this to an extreme, but if, if you look at some of the, uh, the the work that's been done in in the interim between then and now, you'll notice that that, uh, a lot of flavonoids, bioflavonoids, have been uh, suggested to be beneficial for people who have allergies, Mm -hmm. as an example. Uh, And, you know, one of the problems with allergies is that people get bloodshot eyes. Oh, Okay. What does it mean to have a bloodshot eye? I mean, uh, you basically have these capillaries uh, in in, uh, your eye that uh, all of a sudden they're getting leaky. They're starting, Mm -hmm. and, and so the red blood cells are leaking out of those tubes, and, of course, you see the evidence of that. We call it bloodshot, but it is because the capillaries have have, uh, become more hyperpermeable.
1: Right, and these bioflavonoids help strengthen...
3: The, that's yeah, right. Capillary walls. You know? mm. Yeah, the same thing uh, uh, is now being applied uh, for people who have leaky gut. Sometimes people are being given uh, flavonoids, uh, also again to help to to strengthen uh, the the uh, the lining of the gut for people. Now, so that's a way complicated issue, and it's, that's not going to be the answer. But it's 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 a, it's part of the intervention is to help to strengthen the, the gut wall. But that that's another whole you know Pandora's box. Yeah, it is, is something
0: it should... that we have talked about on the show that there seems to be a link between. Uh, autoimmunity and leaky gut and so that there is, uh, there is a higher chance of developing autoimmune disorders when you have a leaky gut and-
3: well the immune system uh, you know, is it, attempting to protect us you know, there is some, some evidence to that suggest that, that the immune cells that we have are actually another form of life that merged with us early on if you want to believe that we came from a primordial slime they have a different kind of uh, genetic uh, uh, background if you will uh, but uh, to get back to this issue of uh, autoimmunity, uh, it's like it's almost like a shotgun with the immune system. They, sure. It's not a rifle, uh, and they they release chemicals. Uh, some of them are called cytokines, for example, and uh, lymphokines, and what have you. And and some of these chemicals uh, uh, are indiscriminate in their effects. And uh, it, long story short is that they begin to the the message gets garbled. OK. And what uh, the target was originally one thing. Now it becomes lots of different things. So it's uh, it's it's almost and I don't want to uh, uh, take this to an extreme, but if if you think about a, a, a profiling, racial profiling of people coming through uh, uh, at the border in the United States, uh, you know, not everybody is is a terrorist. Right. Correct. But but they're all being pulled over now. Right. Or some of them, more of them are. More of know, them. Um, yeah, more of them. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and, and 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 perhaps it's it's for good reason. I mean, uh, we obviously want to stay uh, safe here in this country, uh, but 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 uh, you, there has to be uh, you know uh, some criteria for that, and and they're getting better at it. But with the immune system, it's kind of the similar situation where you know you're going after one thing, and pretty soon the the targets get blurred, mm. and the, uh, next thing you know, uh, there it, there is. The you know, damage happening to the body, the host, right. as well as to the invader. Yeah.
0: I see.
3: Yes. They okay. Call it collateral damage, if you will.
0: Yeah.
1: So. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So they—that's one of the crucial things—is keeping our immune system strong, but not over overreactive.
3: Yeah. Yes. Yes. And have having a balance. And an allergy would be an overreaction. Yeah. For example, I mean, it's not an autoimmune uh, response necessarily, but but it is a, a hyper uh, immune response, and so uh, uh, being able to re- regulate that. And of course, uh, uh, we can get into the hygienic theories and so forth about back in the day when kids lived on farms and they were you know in close contact with animals and with the dirt and so forth. They didn't have as many allergies as we have now, when everything is so clean and sanitized and so forth.
0: Yeah, that's really Hygiene
3: hypothesis, yeah. That's correct, the
0: hygiene hypothesis, that's correct. You know, uh, Dr. Schlesser, at the top of the hour, I played a one-minute commercial about uh, Celiac Disease Awareness Month, which is the month of May. And have you, we're talking here about leaky gut, we're talking about uh, problems in the small intestine, allergies, etc. Have you, as a clinical nutritionist, seen, and a naturopath, have you seen the effects of gluten on brain function in children?
3: Well, I'm not in clinical practice at the moment, but uh, there uh, is definitely a reason to take that into consideration uh, when uh, a child is being evaluated to make sure that the diet, uh, various constituents of the diet, aren't contributing to this. But certainly, gluten sensitivity uh, can play a role. Uh, Gluten enteropathy is another whole story. Um, There's also now a newer—not wouldn't say newer, but another another aspect of of uh, looking at a person's intestinal health. Uh, particularly in the small intestine, there can be bacterial overgrowth. Yeah, SIBO. Small intestinal bacterial SIBO, overgrowth. Yeah, SIBO. Yes, SIBO, that's correct, yeah. This is more common than people realize. It also, H. pylori is a, a common issue, and these contribute um, to the, um, well, what's called the leakiness, if you will, of the intestinal tract. And, and when we talk about a leaky gut, we're, we're talking about uh, something that that uh, is leaking out into the body that the body reacts to. The body does not like to see these bacteria and these other foreign proteins coming in uh, into the tissues, and so the immune system is called uh, in alarm and says we got to do something about this. And so it's a vicious cycle because the the uh, immune system again throws napalm on this, mm-hmm. and the napalm kind of weakens things even w- worse. It's yeah. just a cycle of inflammation, and you have to find a way to stop that.
0: Right, and since we were talking earlier about the mind-gut, mind-brain connection, brain- yep. brain-body connection, mm. the, this is an important thing because if the intestines are not working properly because of either the small intestinal bacterial overgrowth, the H. pylori, the leaky gut, um, it can have an effect on the absorption of nutrients, which therefore can have an effect on the brain function.
3: Yeah. To, to greatly oversimplify this, <clears throat> I, think, I think that the evidence is, be, is becoming uh, more convincing that <clears throat> probiotics, uh, certain types of probiotics uh, really have a, a powerful effect on uh, uh, repairing the walls. Uh, some of these probiotics uh, have an affinity for the, uh, the the membranes, if you will, the uh, mucous membranes of the gut, uh, and have a role there. Others uh, are producing nutrients or uh, helping to uh, regulate the immune system and so forth, and also interacting uh, indirectly, believe it or not, with the brain and, and, and inflammatory, uh, cascades and so forth. It's very yes. powerful.
1: Yes. Wow. That's true. Yeah. There's, uh, some just rat experiments, but, uh, you probably are familiar with, uh, starting with, I guess they're mice, uh, germ-free mice where they don't have any bacteria yep. and then giving them different kinds of bacteria and you see big effects on brain development.
3: Really? Yep. Huh. Yeah. Oh yeah. Very striking. Yeah. yeah. Oh. And mood as well. I mean, yeah. again, this may be related to some extent with the serotonin and all that, but certain strains of probiotics have been studied and shown to have an effect on inflammation, uh, not just in the gut but, but systemically. Other strains have had an effect on, uh, on mood and cognition and, and, and so forth, and more work is being done in this area We're early on.
1: Well, Jerry, I want to thank you again. I mean, jo- Jacobus is gonna, has done that to a certain extent, but uh, this has been terrific.
3: Well, thank you. Yeah. I, I enjoy talking to you guys. Uh, uh, hopefully the li- listeners uh, are enjoying it as well. Hopefully uh, we didn't get too far afield there.
0: Well, I, I don't think so. I think it's necessary, number one, that uh, we that people as the listening realize that this is not just some fluffy uh, comments. This is s- sincere research that has been showing uh, uh, the effects. And so I I think that the way both you and Ed have talked about this today has demonstrated to me that there is ongoing research, that there is hope for the future. There is hope for our children, even in, despite the, uh, the dire circumstances many of them are living in. But there is definitely hope for improvement. And I, I want to thank you for spending your time with us. And I really wish you the very best in the very near future.
3: Let me sign off by saying in one word,
0: Gesundheit. (laughs) Gesundheit (laughs) Gesundheit to all. Thank you, Dr. Schleser. Until until, until we talk next time. Bye-bye.
3: All right. Take care.
0: And uh, Ed, I thank you for your time. This has been a great program. I thank you for spending your time with us. We're going to be back next week, Saturday, from 8 to 11.